Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala alhamdulillah wa bi ni'matihi tatamma salihat We show our gratitude and thanks to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for these gatherings as we've heard were in which our souls feast and Allah tabarak wa ta'ala has written provision for every aspect of the human being we are very well aware of physical provision. The vast majority of, of our time is spent seeking that provision and filling those physical tanks that very few of us have ever gone a day hungry in our lives unless it was voluntarily. We spend night and day thinking about what it is that we're going to eat. In the Arabic class this morning, is that we were looking at the word batan, which is the word for stomach. And it also indicates the inward dimension of something. And then there is a word that relates to that, which is batna, which is indigestion that comes from filling your stomach too much. And the rajah who is batan is the one who his only concern is to fill his belly. Many of us, is that this is what oftentimes we think about. Many human beings, this is what they think about. And that is a type of provision. And in previous times, there was a conception of food as that we ate to live. But now we are killing ourselves because we're eating too much. Three of the top ten reasons that people die in the United States of America are because of food-related diseases. And we have other physical needs as well. We all know these needs very well. And what we want when it comes to these type of needs is that whenever we fulfill these needs, we do so in moderation, and we do so with a righteous intention. Is that the reason that we eat, the reason that we sleep, the reason that we fill all of our needs in the physical sense is to strengthen ourselves for the worship of Allah Ta'ala. And that the beautiful thing about worship is that it is not restricted to praying and fasting. Worship really, if you make a righteous intention, Everything that you do is worship. All of these beautiful things that we just heard about and were advised to do by Ustad Amjad, when we spend time with our children, when we develop relationships with people, all of this in reality is worship if we have a righteous intention behind it. So worship, worship is much more comprehensive than sitting in a dark room remembering Allah, although that is the heart of worship, prayer, is the essence of worship as our Prophet taught at dua mukhul ibadah, supplicating Allah, turning to Him, that praying to Him is the bone marrow, literally the essence of worship. But there are other types of provision as well. And you have the provision of the aqal, which is the intellect or the mind. And the provision of the mind comes through seeking knowledge. Knowledge in general, but in particular sacred knowledge. Sacred knowledge, it is different from other types of knowledge in that it is coated with light. And even if that you seek it without a righteous intention, it will in and of itself purify you. There are multiple scholars who said, when they were seeking this type of knowledge, I sought knowledge for other than Allah, but sacred knowledge refused to be sought for except the sake of Allah. Among them, the great Hujjat al-Islam, the proof of Islam, Imam Muhammad bin Muhammad bin Muhammad bin Ahmad al-Ghazali. He was one of those who went to the madrasa 
simply because he had nowhere else to go. After his father passed away and he and his brother Ahmed were left with a small inheritance that was given to their father's friend who took care of them as long as he could but then they went to the madrasa because they had nowhere else to go. But sacred knowledge and knowledge in general is if you will the food of the mind, of the intellect. But then also your heart has a food. And the food or the provision of the heart is the remembrance of Allah. The more that you remember Allah, the more that your heart will be filled. The more that this, that if you will, if you extend biology to what is spiritual, because it, the spiritual comes with the existence of the biological, just as the spirit is blown into the human being when we go through those three successive 40-day stages, when that outward aspect of the human being is there, it is now that the soul is blown into the human being. And so that the spiritual only extends from the existence of the biological. And so the heart, i.e. the spiritual heart, it has its sustenance. And its sustenance is the remembrance of Allah, Jalla Jalalu. And then your spirit too also has a sustenance. And the sustenance of the spirit is the love of God. In other words, that this is a deep need within the human being. If that is not being fulfilled, as that at every other subsequent level of the human being, there will be emptiness. This is what's going to fill us. And so it is in these types of gatherings that this type of sustenance specifically is passed out. That's why they've been crafted in this particular way. Our job is just to do our best to replicate the way of those who came before us so that we can then receive what it is that hearts have been receiving throughout the centuries. And alhamdulillah, when you do these gatherings with an unbroken chain of transmission and with permission of the righteous, is that you will find in them that great goodness and abundance, that light that fulfills us at the depth of our being. And so that one of the things that Ustad Amjad just mentioned to us was the importance of living a life where we learn to be selfless. One of the, the great ills of our time is the focus on the self. Is that because of many of the manifestations of modern technology, what it has led to from that narcissistic tendencies where people that oftentimes focus on their own selves only. And sometimes, and amazingly enough, is that we live in a globalized world where in one sense, is that people that are on the edges of the earth are closer to us because we are more aware of the realities. But in another sense, is that sometimes the people right next to us or in the next room are actually extremely distant from us. So there's an irony too, the globalized world in which we live, but at the same time, there are so many people that are lonely. And there are so many people that are seeking fulfillment in ways that were never truly fulfilled in. And so it is ever so important that we get back to these meanings that have been passed down for centuries. This is the prophetic legacy. Following in the footsteps of the Prophet Muhammad and in the footsteps of all of the Prophet, many's names whom we heard recited, is that this theme that we have been trying to cover on, in these gatherings of loving the beloved, this theme of fatuwa, this theme of spiritual chivalry, is centered on the de-emphasis of the self. 
and it is centered on rather selfless service of other people. Is it where is that you learn to serve other people, you learn to help other people, you learn to live selflessly, and that you learn to that have character traits that ultimately bring out the best in people. And this is really what we want, is that when we come together, there's enough negativity out there. There is enough to lead us to despair and to cause us to lose hope, is that we want to have a presence that is uplifting, where we can come together and remind ourselves of what is, is truly important, remind ourselves of what it is that we need to focus on. And every single one of us is in need of a reminder constantly. Every single one of us. This is the nature of human beings, is that every human being is sweet inside, but not everyone's sweetness rises to its service. It's like that sugar that remains in the bottom of the cup of tea. If you don't move it and stir it, it's not going to mix with the tea itself, and thus you're not going to taste it. Is that we need to mix the sweetness that exists within the human being by virtue of the fitrah, by virtue of the natural disposition that we've been endowed with and that we've been blessed with from our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this regard, is that we're going to look at a few of these other etiquettes that are all from futuwa. They are all from spiritual chivalry. And we left off with the importance of sikhawa, this generosity that we have where we freely give. We don't just give, is that we freely give. It's not hard for us to give. And again, we said there's different types of generosity, but sakha is this free giving. And the next trait that Imam Asuri mentions, al futuwati, it is from futuwatu, hifdil wuddil qadim. And you could translate this as maintaining old relationships. So, wood is one of the words that the Arabs use for love. And it is a specific type of love. It is a love that is combined with loyalty. And the connotion there is, is that you will be there for those that you have wood, that you have love, this loyal love for. Not just one day or not just the next. You will be there for them day in and day out year after year, decade after decade, is that wood is this loyal love. And here it is being qualified by the adjective al-qadim, which literally means ancient, this old love. So people that you have had relationships with from the time that you've been young, even if you go your separate ways in life, that this is a beautiful thing. And this is a part of spiritual chivalry. Because as you go throughout life and everyone will go down their particular path, there will be various things that arise in your life that might come between you in preserving this great trait. And then you have to go out of your way to preserve and maintain these relationships as a result. And again, this is a part of a magnanimous soul is having the ability to do this. Because also is that we know people have different levels of tolerance, that different things annoy different people. And sometimes when people get annoyed very easily, it's very easy for them to have a stain put on a relationship between them and someone else. Whereas Futuwa, the spiritual chivalry, is having a magnanimous soul. Literally, what it means is a great soul. A great soul that is expansive. 
where we tap into that great prophetic du'a that was on the tongue of Moses, Rabbi Sadri, Amri. And Sidi Amjad started with that in his talk, asking Allah to expand our heart and to ease our affair. And when it comes to the Prophet Muhammad, this is something that we know that God did for him. Have we not expanded your heart? And the more that we have sharah, expansion of the heart, is that the more that we will be able to do just this, to preserve wood al-qadim, maintain our relationships with people. And this is the intention that we should make whenever we establish a relationship with anyone. We should make the intention is that we remain friends with that person throughout our lives. And not only that do we maintain that friendship here in this life, is that there be a reality to it when we're in the barzakh, in the intermediary realm, there be a reality to it on the day of judgment, and there be a reality to it, most importantly, in the everlasting abode. And this is really what we want. Each relationship that you establish with your fellow brother or your fellow sister is an increased daraja degree in paradise. This is what our scholars teach. So maintaining relationships is important. And so we should really think about this and think about that to what degree have we maintained our relationships. Think about all of the people that have done good things for you. And if you look at the du'a of Imam al-Haddad in, of Yasin, and keep in mind that the 36th chapter of the Qur'an Yasin, Imam al-Haddad used to recite this every day. And in fact, he used to recite it four times a day at least in the four cycles of prayer that came before the noon prayer. He used to recite Yasin in each rak'ah. And he had a special connection to it. And this is why the du'a of Yasin, what does he say? That he seeks forgiveness for all of these people. In other words, he's remembering all of these people. And this is one of the great manifestations of this. Hifth al-wud al-qadim. That he's making that du'a that Allah forgive. That his parents and his children and his teachers. That man ahsan. And eventually that he goes on to say. man that And those that have loved us for your sake, and that those who have done any good for us, and that Ikhwan and and so forth, he mentions all of these blessed people because he wants to preserve these relationships, and one of the great ways that we do that is by supplicating for them. And so imagine that if you are conscious of this, all of the people that have done good things for you, that have that been a means for some good that you have received, is that praying for them helps preserve this great relationship. So this really is that a great trait that we want to strive towards. And it's something that in a practical sense that we should sit down and think about our relationships. And if it means that we write down names of people that we want to work on, it could just be a text message. It could just be that we send them an Eid greeting. But we do our best to keep in touch and maintain relationships. And that there is a hadith that the Prophet, peace be upon him, a saying that he said, Inna Allah yuhib. And the Prophet taught us what God loves. He says, indeed Allah loves for the servant to maintain old relationships. And if this is beloved to Allah, then this is definitely beloved to the Messenger. And it should be something that is beloved to us. And you think about all of the good that comes in creation from maintaining these blessed relationships. And then we have another that etiquette. Is that 
closely related to this. وَمِنِ الْفُتُوَّتِ أَنْ يَتَّعَمَّدَ الرَّجُلُ إِخْوَانَ It is from Futuwa, this spiritual chivalry, to keep your friend's interest at heart and to care for your neighbors. This is from Futuwa. And to think about the interests of your friends. And again, you see how this de-emphasizes your own self. Most of us, and for some people that have temperaments, this is more difficult than others with certain temperaments. Because there are naturally some temperaments that are more self-centered or concerned about their own self. But we should strive to think about the interests of other people. What do other people need? What do other people like? And that doing things that to make other people happy is actually one of the great acts of worship. And especially when it comes to children. Is that this is something that I've noticed from the vast majority of our teachers. Is that they used to especially love to make children happy. They used to love to make children happy. Because that they realize is when that child is happy. Is that be, the, you entering happiness into the heart of that child. Is a means for great good. Not only for that child but also for you. And that they like to do the same thing with other people. And so they think about other people and they think about ways to what's called idkhar surur to enter happiness to the hearts of the believers. And that if you juxtapose that to its opposite, and there is an ether that states that kasru khatir al-mu'min, hurting the feelings of a believer, is more severe in the sight of God than tearing down the Kaaba, the house of God, Stone by stone. And this is why the son of Umar bin al-Khattab, the second caliph, when he used to pass by the Kaaba, he used to say, is it indeed that you have a great sanctity, but the sanctity of the believer is even greater than you. And so we tend to forget that if someone would have done that to the Kaaba, that the Muslim world, the entire Muslim world, would have been in uproar. But how do we treat our brothers and our sisters and those that are around us, preserving these relationships that are of the utmost importance in thinking about other people. And this is why that in a hadith that our Prophet taught us, sallallahu is that in another narration, the Prophet swore an oath by God, saying that he is not a believer or she is not a believer, the one whom what? is that goes to sleep at night full and their neighbor's hungry. In other words, they're not thinking about other people. They're not thinking about the needs of other people. And again, we should really deeply think about these things. And if you look at the way that neighbor was traditionally defined, it seems in our time almost impossible to implement. Is that one opinion states that it's seven households in all directions. So seven households in all directions. Another opinion states 40. 40 households in each direction. Those are the ones that are considered to be your neighbors. And that, that the Quran creates this distinction of the neighbor that is close and the neighbor that is far. But is that these in general are whom considered to be our neighbors. We have to at least do our best to try to move in the direction, hopefully, of trying to do this. And this is very humbling because we realize how, for, how, how much we fall short 
in relation to fulfilling the rights of those that are around us. And so learning to keep other people's interests in heart, at heart and to think about other people, this is from the great that practices of our Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of God be upon him, and this is from Futuwa. And we want to repeat this word Futuwa <coughs> and remind ourselves of it week in and week out and hope that some of its realities, because the reality of Futuwa is a way of being, will start to that reside within the depths of our hearts, will permeate and inshallah take root in the heart and inshallah give that fruit that by way of having good traits and inshallah ta'ala that it will be a means of great good not only for us but the society that is around us may that God give us enabling grace where in which that we are allowed to that fulfill the rights of other pe- that other people have upon us it may be a means for us to come to know him may Allah ta'ala fill our hearts with the love of him and the love of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam May we be people who that tread a path to draw near to him and to draw near to him in all of our different states, Ya Rabbil Alameen, and to protect us and our family and our children and the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And for those that ask for du'as, the brother of that uh, Dr. Zafar, that Tariq, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that cure him and to make everything easy for him, inshaAllah ta'ala, restore his health and that... Uh, Ruby Baji, that her mother, may Allah Ta'ala, that make, heal her back, inshallah Ta'ala, and to make everything easy for her and her cousin who passed away, that Khajan Mateen, may Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon his soul and to that grant him the shafa'a of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And all of us that know people that are ill, may Allah Ta'ala cure them and that anyone who's in some type of need, as was mentioned, these are gatherings, inshallah, hope in Allah, is that those needs will be taken care of, inshallah Ta'ala, and that they will be that bidnilah Ta'ala that taken care of from the blessing of our shuyukh. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq in all of our different affairs. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.